Hello and welcome to yet another Agile podcast where we turn a critical lens on the state of Agile. I'm Michael Callahan and I'm your host and I'm glad you're here. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile. For the past few months, it seems that a rift has opened between different segments of the Agile development world. I mean, there have always been differences of opinion on the best way to implement Agile, but the temperature seems to have ticked up a bit. Maybe it's just that more and more people are talking about it, or maybe it's uncertainty in the Agile community in relation to fears about the economy. Or maybe, just maybe, it's that we've forgotten that we're all on the same team. We believe in the benefits of adopting an Agile mindset. We all believe that traditional methods of delivery don't meet the expanding dynamics of today's business landscape. We all believe in the values and the principles of the Agile Manifesto, right? That's the North Star. Not rules, but ideas. Maybe, though, that's part of the problem. I, I was talking to a colleague of mine not too long ago, an Agile coach, and, and, and a good one. In that conversation, he said something to me that at the time didn't strike me as anything outrageous. But as I thought more about it, it, it bothered me. He said, you know... I've been doing this for a long time. I just wish I didn't have to keep teaching the manifesto. It's just the same thing over and over and over. The manifesto is what holds this whole thing together. Not Scrum, not Safe, not Kanban, or any other variation. Without a firm grounding in the values and principles, frameworks and processes, they become just that. Through the years, Agile has been subject to a lot of change. The manifesto has been subject to many interpretations, some good, some not so good. I don't know how many times I've had to hear that documentation wasn't necessary because working software over comprehensive documentation, right? And that self-organizing team meant there's no need for management. No, really, people say that. Over time, I've seen agile thought diverge into multiple directions. And as it's diverged, each school of thought has found in the manifesto interpretations that suit their existing beliefs. There are four that I think are dominating the conversation right now. The developers, the coaches, which really account for two subsects, kind of the more academic coach and some of the more like altruistic type coaches, and, and traditionalists. I'll call them traditionalists. Now, now, there is a fifth group. There's a silent group. These are the people who are just trying to do the best job they can. They believe in the importance of agility. They see the value, but their voices are drowned out in a sea of static. I was trying to think of a decent metaphor for the current state of Agile discourse, and, and I couldn't help but go back to my sci-fi fantasy nerd roots. I was reading some news about a new Lord of the Rings movie in the works, and it clicked. See, there's a battle brewing a battle for the very soul of Agile. And four armies are amassing, each with its own vision of Agile, each with growing disdain for the other. And the result of the battle could mean the end to agility as we know it, as a set of really, really good ideas, a North Star that binds us together. The four armies in this story, they're the dwarves, the elves, the wizards, and the humans. Each has its own characteristics and motivations, 
each has allied with the other armies from time to time, but right now the alliances are frayed. The first army are the dwarves. These are the developers. They're the craftspeople. They, they actually discovered Agile, and they want to keep it deep inside their mountain kingdoms, away from intrusion from the non-technical types. Now, now they especially mistrust the elves. The elves, now, now the elves, that's the second army. Those are the altruistic coaches who believe that the key to agility lies in learning through games, facilitated workshops, and, and pseudo-psychology. They seek to achieve some eternal, magical agile. They see the dwarves as crude. They see the wizards as peers. Now the wizards, the wizards are those academic coaches who believe that through study, rituals, and and the theory of constraints, they can bend the elements to create the perfect agile world. And that leads to the fourth army. In Tolkien-esque language, that would be the kingdom of man. But by today's sensibilities, we're going to call that the kingdom of humans. The humans are looked down upon by all the other kingdoms as they try and take Agile and twist it to their own ends. Basically, these are people who just can't get away from traditional behaviors. But they use new words like stand-up, velocity, story points, and sprint plan. Now, these four armies, they're clattering their swords in blogs, in podcasts, LinkedIn, everywhere. Each one is trying not only to be heard, but to drown out anyone who opposes them. There is another group, one who isn't interested in agile power, although they, they do believe in its benefits. Those, those are the hobbits. In, in other words, everyone else. They want to go about their business. They want to drink their ale and eat their second breakfasts. They want to go to work and feel as though they can be successful feel as though they're valued, feel as though they're contributing to something important. And in doing so, they remain silent. I mean, they get a certification. They're justifiably proud. And they want to tell people. And then they turn around and and they read a post by someone that decries that they, they got the wrong type of certification. These people, these hobbits, they want to be agile. They want to be better at delivering value. But sometimes they feel as though they have no power. They have to go with the flow. The corporate decisions are being made from whatever agile army has the CEO's ear. So anyone who knows their Tolkien knows that when an existential threat appears in Middle-earth, the different armies need to band together to save the world. The same is true for Agile. It's not a time for sniping at one another. It's time to recognize our differences and put the greater good before our own interests. Understand that that the dwarves are the most capable of delivering with Agile. The elves know how to best explain agility to those who are needed for support. The wizards are there because they're needed to bridge the gap between the dwarves and the elves. And and the humans, they, they just have the numbers. We need those different perspectives and those numbers to keep Agile moving forward. But you know what? Most importantly, most importantly, we need the hobbits. They're the key to the future of Agile. Because it was because of the courage of a few of the most unexpected heroes that really saved the world. Well, there you have it. Thanks for indulging me on my fantastic Agile journey. I'm curious, as you listen, did you relate to any of the armies? 
Are you a dwarf, an elf, a wizard, or a human, or are you a hobbit? Most people are. I, I think most people should aspire to be. Because they're the future of Agile. Not huge corporate transformations, not frameworks, not processes, not practices, but, but it's you. You just getting stuff done, delivering value, and doing it a little better tomorrow than you did today. And we'll be back after the break to answer some burning questions that have come in. You are listening to yet another Agile podcast brought to you by Mindset 180. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile. Hey, welcome back to yet another Agile podcast. In this segment, we're going to be answering some of your burning questions. All right, this first burning question comes in from Jacob, came in from a training class that I was doing. And the, and the question was that, does the Scrum Master role, does the Scrum Master require a full-time person? Is it a full-time responsibility? Um, if you want them to be any good at it. Right? If, 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 if you want them to be successful, if you want the team to be successful, if the team is doing Scrum, there's a lot of things that a good Scrum master brings to the table. I know that um, you, you know, a lot of times you, you get into situations where, where the, the Scrum master, they, they may be seen as more of a facilitator. Right? They facilitate ceremonies. Well, not, not a Scrum master that works for me. Right. If if I if I'm staffing or if I'm coaching if I'm training a, a scrum master, it's like no no your your job is to build an effective team, right? And the value that you show is going to be in how effective they get. And so that means yeah you are going to have to facilitate some things, make sure that the process is flowing and that they can focus and get their work done. But you're also going to be doing things, coaching them, how to self-organize, how to self-manage. You're going to be helping them to figure out how to better problem solve. You're, you're, you're going to be helping them to you know, resolve impediments. And in, in reality, that's, that's just a big, it's, it's a big job, right? And on, on top of that, the division of attention Right, that you're trying to work with these teams, and you've got you've got calendars and schedules. Because I've seen I've seen some organizations where like, the scrum master's got like three teams, three four teams. Well, all you're going to be able to do is be an administrator for four teams. And you're not going to realize the benefit. You're not going to get the benefit that you get from a really you know qualified, effective scrum master. So, long story short. A scrum master, if you're going to do the scrum master right, yes. Yes, it is a full-time job. Sometimes it's more than a full-time job. Um, and oh, hopefully that, that provides a little bit of clarity, Jacob. And uh, let me know if I can uh, add anything else. All right. And um, the next, next burning question that we've got here, um, it came in from Anna. Anna was, uh, she was asking, she said, I, I, I got my scrum master certification what are some other good certifications I should go for? Um, interesting question. A lot of people, you know, probably have a lot of differing opinions on 
certifications. And so, so what I would say is, what I would say is that um, focus on what it is that you want to do. Right. If you, um, you know, so so for example, um, if you got your CSM or your, you know, or your PSM you know, and, and you're, you're going to go work in a safe shop. Well, then maybe it makes sense to get a safe scrum master as well. Okay. Because that's going to be, you know, direct, directly related to the work that you do. Uh, from there, you know, the, one of the good things about being a scrum master is that you have to coach a number of different people. So it's good to know a lot of different things. So, you know, if you want to take a product owner class, it's good for you to know, it's good for you to know as a scrum master, uh, again, if you're, you know, ultimately, if you're, you're going to be working at scale, um, you know, maybe an RTE, maybe one day you'd get the release train engineer certification. Um, one of the important things, the, the important thing for a scrum master is just certification or no, just keep learning, right? Whether there's a certification attached to it or not, um, the certification itself, it shows that, you know, that you have that basic knowledge of, scrum or, or you know whatever it is that, that that you're doing well if it's a scrum master obviously it's scrum that you're doing but um but that's that basic knowledge and now go out there and find ways that you can become a better scrum master what are better ways that you can coach teams you know maybe an aci the agile coaching institute they've got some really good uh, courses that you can take um in in addition there's a lot of learning non-certificationable learning, um, you know, learn about how to do better retrospectives, learn about systematic problem solving, learn about all of those things. Um, so it's, it's kind of a non-answer. I, I would say to, 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 to sum it up on a, I would say, figure out, uh, what you want to learn and whether there's a certification attached to it or not, learn it, go out and learn as much as you can. Um, hopefully that's, that's helpful. Uh, and if you want any more clarification or more discussion, please reach out and I'd love to talk about it. So that's going to conclude the burning questions. And, uh, so thank you. Well, thank you for listening. I hope, I hope it gave you some food for thought. If you'd like to reach me, you can send me an email at mcallahan at mindset180.com. That's M-C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N at mindset180.com or or look me up on LinkedIn it's Michael Patrick Callahan send me your burning questions praise me for my brilliance lambaste me for my ignorance we'll be back in two weeks for another installment of yet another agile podcast as always I am your host Michael Callahan and I appreciate your time stay agile my friend Yeah.